Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Today on The Morning Beat. What if I started every show like that? What if I talked like that? Do it again. Oh, let me try. Today on The Morning Beat. Hot. You like it? Sexy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Iconic. Awesome. Today on The Morning Beat. <laughs> I'm going to say something without totally shading anybody. What? There used to be somebody on this show. (laughs) (laughs) You're terrible. They used to, what up? Welcome to the morning beat. And I was like, what kind of crack did you smoke this morning? I didn't, that's smoke, how started it. I didn't smoke any crack today, but I did not sleep last night. I was up all night long. I woke up at one. I woke up at three. And then eventually I came here. I actually at one point went back to sleep and was having dreams that it was 7.30 and I didn't wake up and oh I was, my missing, God, I I was missing the show. And I checked my phone and I had no missed calls from either of you. So I was like, in my dream, I was like, well, I'm going back to sleep then Maybe because if they haven't noticed. <laughs> you were in the metaverse <laughs> yeah. dreaming. Maybe I was in the metaverse. Well, speaking of the metaverse, we have a story coming up later on today in the show uh, of uh, the, the question is, what is cheating in the metaverse? Right. Some people in the real world, the one we live in, sort of, I think we live in the real world, think that emotional cheating is cheating. Right. So if you're one of those types, I think that you would assume every type of cheating in the metaverse is real. But what if you physically have sex, air quotes, with somebody in the metaverse? Is that actually cheating? It's a really fascinating conversation. If you don't know what the metaverse is, Google it real quick and join us for that conversation a little bit I'm later sick on. Of America. I'm sick. It's the world, honey. It's the universe. Everything is in the metaverse. All <laughs> of it. Listen to me. If Lisa <laughs> had the audacity, not Odyssey, to go online and have sex with somebody. My avatar had sex with somebody else's avatar. Could you imagine... I'm You'd be like, wait, what? Could you imagine if you sat down and you're like, listen, Lisa, um, I love you. It's been seven years and uh, I'm so grateful for the time that we've had together. I cheated on you. This is a really good SNL skit. I know. And then she was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I created my avatar. Great breasts. Humongous apple bottom. Somebody get Lauren on the phone. Waist. Oh, Kate McKinnon, get her. We'll talk to her. She'll she'll do this one. Yeah. And I cheated on you with a fake avatar. Mm-hmm. It's real. People are having these discussions now. We talked about the woman a couple weeks ago who said that she was groped on on in the metaverse, and she's upset about it. <laughs> she was sexually assaulted by a bunch of men. I don't want to laugh at that because Stop. I'm only laughing because I don't understand it. To be honest, I'm laughing because I do understand. I it. always want to like listen to and believe you know victims, but also I don't know if that's a victim. Listen, when we did it's like the a video story, game. I remember I took it very seriously when we did the story. 
But if you don't say in major descriptions what it means, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And that's why we laugh. This sort of thing out there that exists somewhere in a computer that yeah. we're going to live in someday very soon. Yeah. We're talking about a little, little bit later on. Also, keeping our eyes on uh, the, the what's going on right now uh, in Ukraine, Russia, uh, the invasion, uh, where it stands currently. We're talking to Ryan Basham, our political analyst in Red, White, and Q. We're also checking in with him about uh, th- this new part of the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida that requires schools to out students to their parents within six weeks. We touched on this yesterday. We're getting his uh, expert uh, opinion on that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, so we have a fantastic show coming up right now, though it is time for some news on the beat. Michaela, while I go back home, because apparently you don't need me here, according to my dreams, uh, you can just go ahead and take it away. Okay, well, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear a new clash involving religion and the rights of LGBTQ people. The high court said yesterday it would hear the case of Colorado-based web designer Lori Smith. Smith offers graphic and website design services and wants to expand to wedding website services. But she says her religious beliefs would lead her to decline any request from a same-sex couple to design a wedding website. She also wants to post a statement on her website about her beliefs, but that would run afoul of a Colorado anti-discrimination law. Smith had argued the law violates her free speech and religious rights. The Supreme Court said in taking the case, however, that it would look only at the free speech issue. It said it would decide whether a law that requires an artist to speak or stay silent violates the free speech clause of the First Amendment. The case is expected to be argued in the fall. In a two-to-one ruling last year, the Denver-based 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals denied Smith's attempt to overturn a lower court ruling, throwing out her legal challenge. The panel said Colorado had a compelling interest in protecting the dignity interests of members of marginalized groups through its law, the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act. The law which prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation is the same one at issue in the case of Colorado Baker Jack Phillips that was decided in 2018 by the U.S. Supreme Court. Do you imagine how how much we could accomplish as a, as a species if we would stop bickering about who's more right and who's more wrong and who deserves what and just like look at each other's equals treat each other kindly totally like what that would look like totally i mean the supreme court's taking this up because like what a waste of time yeah i know nice just be nice all right let's get into weather 64 in new york 55 in la 52 in vegas 57 in palm springs and a high of 61 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. I can do that. Also breaking news, Biden has sanctioned uh, a new target in, in Russia, the families of Putin's inner circle. That is a bold move and savvy. I can't wait to talk about it in Red, White, and Q later on. Stick around for that. Here's your vibe of the day. The beautiful thing about learning is that nobody can take it away from you. Yeah, once I you, love once that. Once you know something, you know something. You're just a smart guy or I girl. know that's right. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Okay, so we came across this article in Queer Tea, uh, one of our favorite websites, by the way. If you head over to QueerTea.com right now, you might see a picture of my fiance and I doing a Toyota mm-hmm. advertisement. Yes. It's all over the website. We look really cute. Um, but the question in the advice column is this. How can I bring my introverted boyfriend out of his shell? And if that's not the most relatable question ever, this person's getting all sorts of advice. And he's saying, basically, listen... I'm pretty, you know, outgoing. My boyfriend is super passive and quiet amongst my friends Mm -hmm. and expects me to do all the talking. We go out with my boyfriend's friends and they really like me. I really like them. We get along really well. When we're with my friends, he's very, very introverted, doesn't say a whole lot and to the point where it comes across as rude. 
He says he's not actually rude. He's genuinely a really sweet guy. But none of my friends see that side of him because he's so introverted. What do I do? I've never related to a story more. And uh, pre-therapy me would drag this person too because I dragged my partner so disrespectfully. And now that I've got really good insight, or at least I'm trying to, I think that extroverts like myself can oftentimes really make introverts feel super uh, uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I think that extroverts also a lot of time have like people pleasing and like life of the party energy. And I will just say from my own experience, I've brought Lisa into situations um, where I thought it would be really fun for everybody to hang out and get along. And when I notice that she's not talking, it gives me anxiety. And I start over-talking her, telling her stories. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure everybody feels comfortable. And she's like, I didn't feel uncomfortable until you started making it uncomfortable. And then yeah. you started, like, blabbing on. And the user here, another introvert, agreed. He said that uh, he felt overwhelmed by being in new surroundings. And it just took him some time to process things. And um, then he pretty much... All uh, but hated being forced into conversations. Like he was cool, just listening, observing. Yeah, and he felt very comfortable out that, uh, very comfortable doing that. And he said, "You can be present uh, with your friends and also not have to like have something to say every couple of minutes." And that is how Lisa is. And I never knew that. Lisa said to me, um, I, "Sometimes I'm just sitting down." processing everything she listens and observes yeah and sometimes which the people like us can be mind-numbing oh we're so much but Mm -hmm. also she has pointed out too like Michaela, nobody at any point asked me a question even about myself so i just felt like i didn't have much i've had to see and as as an i'm an i'm an extroverted introvert i'm i can definitely turn it on right but i like my like me time and alone time and i'm pretty actually pretty pretty private but that sort of that sort of comment drives me crazy because my partner's also similar. My sisters are both the same way. They're all introverted. And the the nobody asked me question thing always used to set me off. I'm like, well, come on. Nobody asked me a question either. I just told everybody everything. <laughs> so in my mind, I, know, I, I, think, I think I'm making it easy on everyone. Same. But not everybody's like that. I didn't think Lisa really cared for me or my partner when I first met her. But then I got to actually work with her through the pandemic a bit, and she kind of produced our show for a while. It really saved our show. And then I, I, and I, then I got to spend some time alone with her, and she's very different one-on-one than she is in a group setting. She's just wonderful. I adore her. And then I think when I really finally understood it is when I saw her DJ at Palm Springs Pride this year. Mm. I was like, this bitch is cooler than all of us. Like, who's she? Like, where's she been? But, but she used got... to make me very insecure. Yeah. And I felt like I had to show up for the both of us. And mm-hmm. I think our listeners will agree if you're an extrovert, introvert. But she said, and when she said it, because it did to me too, I'm like, so if nobody asks you a question, you're just not going to talk? Well, okay, and she's so... like, well, I don't, one, like small talk. Yep. I don't feel it necessary. Mm. I don't need to. Whereas I'll have a small talk all day, be drinking, About everything. Home. I talk to every person in the elevator, every single person I meet at the grocery store. Yep. And we, I actually ran into this yesterday with my partner. We, we had a Zoom meeting with a production company we're taking meetings and pitching you know ideas we have for shows and all sorts of stuff we we're always doing that right and it led to an argument last night because early on the early years of our relationship my partner was super super introverted too to the point where none of my family and friends liked him for for the first couple of years 
Because they just thought he was like, is he just not interested in us? Does he not care? I'm like, no, he's really quiet. And he's young. And you guys are a lot. Like, our family's a lot. And so he just kind of kept to himself. And so I got into the habit of always hyping him up. Because I had to do it for him personally. And then... Uh, when he would go to talk about his career and like castings and things like that, when we'd be together, he would never talk about his career. And I, so I got in the habit of doing it. Yesterday, our meeting happened and he had just taken a nap and he was a little bit low energy at the beginning of the meeting. So I was talking about myself. And then I, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, I, and I, we kind of moved on to the next thing. He's like, we didn't, I, I didn't get to talk about myself at all. And I was kind of like, he kind of snapped at me in front of these people. And I was like, ooh. And then it came up last night. And he's like, well, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I've, I'm have i so used to over the years speaking for you sometimes because you don't jump in. And he does now. But I kind of reverted to that old habit of years ago. Listen, and he's like, I, I'm not that guy anymore. We should take it to Therapy Thursdays. I would love to get a therapist to join in this conversation yeah. because... I fully understand where you're coming from, and I think that it says more about the extroverted people, or at least myself, Sometimes for sure, yeah. than it is with Lisa, because Lisa's very comfortable. Lisa, but also, and also, also, there is there is a, a level of onus that needs to be put on the introverts to be aware of that and at least communicate something so they don't come across as rude. Because I have my best friend from college, all through my twenties, my best friend. I did not invite him to the wedding because his husband is so, so awkwardly introverted. We went to dinner. We went out one night. He was so rude, but maybe he was just in is his head. Is he rude or is he shy? He was rude, but he, I'm sure he was shy, but the way it came out was rude. And when he did interact with us, the things he would say were not very like kind. And I could see how it could have been coming from a place of insecurity, but what bothered me even more was how different my best friend is now that he's with him. And I did not recognize that person anymore. And I was like, okay, this is not fun because this is not the guy that you were for all those years. And people can surely change. But why did we go to dinner? We got to dinner and they went, out to, they went to dinner before our dinner because his husband didn't like the food we were getting. But he was too insecure to say anything about it. So they just met us and sat there and watched us eat. That's awkward. It's just awkward. So, yeah. like, I hear you. We should talk to our ther- therapist about this. Add that to the list. Yeah, we have a lot to add to the list, don't we? <laughs> I, look, I think it's a good conversation. Introverts can also be awkward. How do you deal with it? Well, extroverts can just be people-pleasing. I take responsibility for that, too. We should talk about how to go on a double date with people like that. How to navigate it. Yeah, it's uh-huh. tough. All right, coming up, we have more great conversations for you. Um, Todrick Hall, speaking of awkward, he's a good friend to the show, but he's become an enemy on Celebrity Big Brother. Find out why his career might be over and he has no idea about it. Coming up and what's popping. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. B. Channel Q. So one of my fiance and I's guilty pleasures recently has been Celebrity, uh, celebrity Big Brother. I've never watched... Either I, I watched a little bit of Big Brother in the past, but this version, this third version, it's been a couple years since the last one. Uh, it's got some of my favorite stars, Carson Kressley and Cynthia Bailey, Todrick Hall. But Todrick, um, he might be coming out of the house to a new reality very, very soon as the show wraps up this week. I think tonight, actually, tonight or tomorrow. Um, what's popping, Michaela? Oh, this is stressful. It's hard being friends with celebrities who are getting dragged in public because you don't want to talk about it, but we must. Uh, 36-year-old Todrick Hall uh, has emerged as something of a villain this season, having endured criticism for comments about housemates Chris Kirkpatrick and Shannon Mochler. Todrick Hall mocked Chris Kirkpatrick for his strategic choices on the program and said that the former NSYNC member made millions of dollars by working far less than I have had to work. He also made fun of Mochler for her appearance, alienating his other castmates and viewers in the process. To be honest, if you go on his Instagram, everyone's dragging him. And the worst part is he thinks he's iconic. He has no idea because they have his phones. He's not Mm. on social media. Mm -hmm. He thinks he's being really funny. Now, uh, Shannon Mochler responded by criticizing Hall in an interview last week saying, I don't think anyone respects Todrick's gameplay because he doesn't really make it about the game. He makes it kind of personal. He does. He hasn't done anything in the game except be shady and lie to people. And look, it's going to get mixed reviews. I already know how Todrick is going to come out. He's going to say, it's a game. I played it. Don't be mad at me. It's what I was doing. However, I think we're moving into an era of, we talked about this yesterday, Wendy Williams, Prez Hilton, Todrick Hall. People aren't into the gossip and mean guy anymore. After the pandemic, people's mental health. Here's what it is. You can't have a conversation about mental health and in the same hand be making fun of people to win a game. Well, okay, because here's the thing. There's a whole thread that's happening on social media highlighting all all of the issues people have had with him uh, from attacking the other African-American members of the cast, which there are quite a few, actually. uh, Trashing Shannon Mokler's appearance. Like her physical appearance, belittling the Never. show as being a small opportunity, like, like biting the hand that feeds you, uh, and boasting about how little he pays his employees. That's on top of telling Chris Kirkpatrick that his kids will be ashamed of him when they watch him, which really set Chris Kirkpatrick off, and lying about uh, Shanna Mokler to Carson Kressley, who is one of his dear friends, and they've known each other for many years working on RuPaul's Drag Race together. Carson Kressley has now responded. He put a long post up now saying how how he is he apologized to Shannon Mochler and said, Listen, I was stabbed in the back and lied to by somebody who I thought was really close to me, who I trusted as a good person Rough. doing really awful things. He's not he's not just playing the game. It is and I love Todrick and I've loved him for so many years. But you you can't 
there's a level, and he's crossed the line so many well, times. Well, the problem is also last week, a videographer who toured with Tadra mm-hmm. Kahl, who I also know, uh, released a statement saying that in 2018, the singer psychologically abused employees, was late on paychecks, denied crew meals, and used f- and forced him to work as a stagehand. Um, these are the first time these rumors have been put out, and unfortunately... There is truth to them. So, uh, look, I would just hate to be Todrick coming out of Celebrity Big Brother, not knowing what's going on, thinking I just killed it, was doing so fun. And literally, his Femulin tour is coming up after Celebrity oh, Big he Brother. He plugs it constantly on the show. Uh-huh. Oh, does he? Uh-huh. And I don't know if he's going to have sold out audiences. Well, it's it's going to be rough. It's interesting because um, he's in the final three, and I don't think he's going to win. Because the people who they voted out have to vote for the winner now, and they're yeah. not going. They've all. They know they're not supporting him. Mm, I think it's going to be Cynthia Bailey. Is she final three? Yeah, it's Cynthia, Misha, and so Todrick. You're an episode ahead of me, so you just ruined the episode I was going to no, watch no, after the show today. Been I know posted. I'm still one episode behind, and I've avoided all. Oh, spoilers. I'm so sorry. I don't even watch no, the show. Misha's going to win, but I love Cynthia Bailey. You the think Misha is? Uh-huh. Yeah, she's the best player on the, by far on the whole show. But Cynthia's kind of a floater, but she could win because people like her. Just because they hate Misha too, apparently yeah. on the message boards. Yep. Also, I've never seen the show, so drag me. <laughs> uh, coming up, one woman claimed she was sexually abused in the metaverse, and now there's cheating allegations. How real is it when something goes down in the metaverse? We'll talk about it in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. We've heard a lot about the metaverse, uh, but if, let's say, you're in a relationship, you go into the metaverse and you have a an encounter, an emotional or sexual encounter with an avatar of somebody else in the metaverse, is that cheating? We're having that conversation in 12 minutes. Stick around for it. It's a wild one. And if you don't know what the metaverse is, Better yet, <laughs> you're going to learn here in just a little bit. Uh, 2022 is wild, and we're not backing down. No baby. way, We're honey. not backing down. We're in the middle we're of palindrome week. We're not going to take it. No. No. We ain't, ain't going to take, take it. it. No, nope, we're One not more taking time. it. We ain't going to take okay. it right. anymore. It's time for news on the beach. Okay. Iowa and Utah <laughs> become the latest states to advance legislation restricting transgender students' participation in school sports. The Iowa House of Representatives Monday approved a bill that would buy, uh, that would ban trans girls and women from competing on female teams at K through 12 schools, as well as both public and private colleges and universities. The vote was 55 to 39, with all but one Republican supporting it, and all Democrats opposed. It also states that any student who has suffered harm through a violation of these regulations has grounds to sue. The Senate's vote on its version of the legislation could come this week. Its bill does not include private colleges and universities. It has already been approved by a Senate committee. In Utah, the House last week approved a bill that would set up a commission to determine trans athletes' eligibility to compete under their gender identity. It applies to public middle schools and high schools, and the commission would evaluate each athlete individually according to standards laid out in the bill. All right, another news. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton said in an opinion Monday that providing gender-affirming medical care to minors is considered child abuse under state law. Medical care such as puberty blockers, which temporarily pause puberty, hormone therapy, and gender-affirming surgeries must be halted. He added that the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services has a responsibility to act accordingly. I'll do everything I can to protect against those who take advantage of and harm young Texans, Paxton said. He released the opinion in response to an inquiry from State Representative Matt Krause, a Republican 
who asked whether treatments for transgender youth could be considered child abuse. So both stories this hour about our trans community and how they're being targeted. Absolutely. Because they're such a big problem. Absolutely. Wow. Child abuse, huh? That's a it's big devastating. word. It's a big, that's a big uh, accusation. Yeah. Meanwhile, you find four-year-olds under stairwells. and yes. uh, With their mother. Yeah. Birth mother. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into weather. 57 in L.A. today, 52 in Vegas, 57 in Palm Springs, 72 in Houston, and 66 in Cathedral City. Now, give us a vibe of the day. The beautiful thing about learning is that no one can take it away from you. Maybe some of those legislators in Iowa and Texas could learn a thing or two. Absolutely. Get to know a trans person. Yeah, it's okay. It's not terrifying. Yeah. It's going to be all right. Kind of fun. All right, coming up, one woman claims she was sexually abused in the metaverse, and now there are cheating allegations. How real is it when something goes down, and would you be mad at your partner? We discuss in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. What is the metaverse? What is VR sex tech? A lot of things changing very quickly right now for most average people who maybe aren't paying attention. Uh, you might not even know what an avatar is or what the metaverse even is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but if you are paying attention, or even if you're not, you're going to have to be paying attention very quickly because the world is changing fast. And it brings up some really interesting conversations and questions. One of them being, what actually counts as cheating in the metaverse. Now, in the real physical world, I assume that's where we actually live. We don't really know. But in the real world, there's already debate as to what actually is cheating based on the parameters of your relationship. Is emotional cheating cheating? Is physical cheating cheating? What is cheating? So this is even more complex. So we thought we'd bring in an expert. Uh, the president of Women of Sex Tech, SX Noir, is joining us right now. SX, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Great. How are you? We're good. We're good. You know, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. There was a woman who said that she was sexually assaulted in the metaverse. Um, Mm -hmm. And Michaela, you and I had sort of differing opinions about it, but then they kind of shifted over the course of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I've been sexually abused. And when I saw this in the metaverse, I started making fun of it. I thought it was ridiculous. However, when we read deep into the story, it was the trauma that she felt mentally that gave her the response of feeling it physically, which then triggered her. And I was like, oh, God, I feel like an a-hole. I totally get it. So now with the cheating in the metaverse, I have also emotionally cheated in my time. I've been cheated on. And so is it sort of the more triggering effect of what's happening in reality that happens in the metaverse? Yeah, so, you know, I think there's a lot of demystifying and destigmatizing that happens once we create the internet, right? And once we moved on past just um, mail and these kind of things. And so this is really what we're seeing is the combination of physical and digital space through concepts like the metaverse. You know, the metaverse to me is not a destination or a place. It is simply our reality that we exist in today. And so just like we have destigmatized to an extent, you know, LGBTQIA experiences, trans experiences, etc., we're doing the same with romantic and emotional connections in digital space. So like anything, we are on a spectrum of romance, emotional um, reality, and just um, intimacy and relationships. For those of our listeners who aren't quite following, like explain to them your understanding of what the metaverse is, then also explain to us what sex tech or VR sex tech even means. 
Oh, absolutely. So, yes, so I'm FX Noir, the thought leader of sex technology, T-H-O-T, per. And so I work in sex tech, and sex tech is any technology that enhances the human experience of sexuality. So you can imagine that this is a really wide spectrum from everything from the body, like, um, you know that word, what's it called? Without physical, physical, whatever, the body. The physicality? Also, yeah, physicality or whatever, yeah. Um, it's also the body, but it's also the mind, the spirit, wellness, um, health, education, and all of that. And so how I would define the metaverse would be, again, I, it's not a destination when you put on your VR, it's the metaverse. One of the best examples is like you hang out sitting with your friends and going, hey, did you see this on Instagram? Or hey, you know, when you're brought into a digital space as well as physical when it when it merges. Um, this is fascinating. It's so fascinating. Uh, in this article, it says that virtual options for intimacy can be incredibly empowering for people with disabilities or people who express mm-hmm. their sexuality through utilizing technology. And I think mm-hmm. that that can often be overlooked. And so I think that in some ways where it's like, okay, all of these things can happen. It is also providing a service that essentially um, can be really healing emotionally for people who don't feel like they can go out into the regular quote-unquote world to get the needs that we so desire to be met. Absolutely. You know, and the goal of sex tech is to enhance our, you know, human experience of sexuality. And so as we know, it doesn't only exist in the physical space. You know, the internet changed the world for queer people of being able to connect with others um, and be able to understand their kinks or their realities or their gender. And so, this is absolutely no different. And so when we talk about these relationships, for example, um, the woman who was, um, I, don't, I don't want to be explicit, but was assaulted in digital space, we have to acknowledge how that also impacts us in, um, in physical space. And so a great example is like, you know, catfish, right? Like you had these people who were in completely virtual relationships that were actually incredibly meaning to, meaningful to them. And so when we think about the people who aren't physically able to, to maybe leave their apartment or aren't able to navigate the world that able-bodied people are, online spaces absolutely give you access to that. But with that, you also have to understand consent. You also have to understand the damaging parts of this as well. And so everything is not, you know, sunshines and rainbows but it definitely um, can impact someone positively. That's what we're hoping, the technology we're hoping to build. Well, for some people, myself included sometimes, to be honest, I, I, I hear about all of this sort of like new age stuff. And I'm I, what, first and mm-hmm. foremost, it makes me realize that I'm 41. But also I hear about <laughs> crypto and NFTs and the metaverse yeah. and all sex tech and all these things. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's insane, right? I in, in my brain, I'm like, nope, I want to live in the real world. I want to go for hikes. I want to feel nature. I want to experience that. And that's it, Right. But then I start thinking about it, and personally, the way that I relate to it is there are plenty of mornings where maybe I wake up from a dream, and I was hanging out with my grandmother who passed 10 years ago, and I wake up crying, physically crying, right? Mm -hmm. And then my emotional state is impacted for that entire day because of what seemed so real in my dream. Is that sort of what the metaverse can offer people, like a real experience that actually impacts them on on a mental and soul level? So I, I like this question. So I actually just hosted my first sex tech NFT and crypto event last week. And wow. Oh, I'm, so, oh, I'm on the website. I see you. <laughs> okay. So, you know, so I did that. And, and here's what I believe that NFTs and crypto and all of this gives consent. Mm. Consent. 
active consent. And Web 2, we have been robbed of our consent, right? Mm -hmm. So we've been robbed of the opportunity to say, this is what I want to create. This is how I want to create it. This is who I want to see it. And I don't want to be censored because of my body. I don't want to be censored because of my, um, my race, my religion, my sexuality. And that's exactly what's happening in these online spaces. And so, yes, the, the goal is to have these impactful experiences in real life. But the goal is also to go out and hike and, and see the real world. I'm a big believer that technology should enhance, enhance our human experience, okay? So any technology that takes you away from our human experience or improving humanity, to me, is not the intended goal of the technology. I love and that so, explanation. That, uh, that's yeah. so good. I think we're both, uh, like, our jaws are on the floor right now. Well, I also feel like maybe if you're having a conversation with this in the digital sex world with, let's say, this mm-hmm. woman for 30 minutes... You could really use that conversation as an example to have with your partner in real life and sort of let them live in the same area together with getting practice in the digital world first. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely have a fear of this kind of language, right? Um, especially with the new technologies being built because I, I fear for the next generation. I fear for mine mm. and I fear for the next generation because like for now, for example, I started dating on Tinder. I didn't start dating in real life. I started dating through Tinder. <laughs> I started dating through these apps. And so my fear is that we're using um, technology to actually, again, move away from the human experience of socializing and things like that. I understand the value for a certain group of people that it's very necessary, but I get nervous when we start using this language and we start, you know, socializing our children to use technology to, to, to learn right or wrong or good or bad because all of these things are biased right I, yeah. um, and they're not always culturally relevant um, and and you know relevant to someone's race and things like that so that's what kind of freaks me out or when someone goes oh we have an application to help kids be you know better socializers and I'm like what sounds counterproductive yeah go go play in the yeah. playground I hear you though and anytime anytime technology can help our real life experience I'm all for it it doesn't have to be one or the other I love your perspective we we definitely want to have you back on the show, though, because we're talking about these things all the time, and we're always very confused. So thank you. Essex Noir, president of Women, uh, Women of Sex Tech. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. You, you too. too. Coming up, what if you signed up to get a procedure done and came out with botched plastic surgery because of simple mixed paperwork? Uh-oh. Lord, I know this story very well. We're going to talk about this article next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Okay, so listen to this. This is a a, a terrifying, terrifying reality. This young woman, her name's Tiffany Mills. She's 29 years old. She lives in Florida. Uh, She booked uh, a breast reduction this last November. Okay? She wakes up from the breast reduction surgery only to find out that she had a huge breast implant, two breast implants put in. Also, a tummy tuck and full liposuction. Apparently, the clinic she went into allegedly mixed up her paperwork with another patient. 
Okay. okay, I think she's complaining here. Free liposuction on <laughs> a tummy tuck, ma'am. But okay, this worst is... things have happened. How on Please. earth? No. Okay, so okay, so full transparency. You've had your breasts done before. Well, this is what happened to me. I went the first time I went to get my breasts done. I said I want a full C. And I woke up with a double D. And I said, what happened? And they said, well, we thought it would look better on your body when we were in there. And I was like, not your choice. Wait, what? That's a totally real thing that happened. I then went to a different surgeon to get them completely taken out, to which I was met with, well, now they're too big, so we're going to need to do a smaller implant, and then we can revisit... A following year after, which to that I did too. Now, mm. finally, I'm at like a big B cup. But this happens all the time. I remember my ex had hip surgery. My ex's father had hip surgery. And he had us draw a big circle on the hip that needed surgery. Because it is so common yep. that the doctor will get the opposite hip. Uh-huh. And so now they do it as not even a joke. They circle it and they're like, this hip. Because for whatever reason, and not to drag doctors... They don't read the the paperwork. They don't understand it properly. Well, this twenty mm-hmm. nine year old is a mother of three and was having such bad back pain that she scheduled the breast reduction. Imagine that, and then they give her actual implants and also a tummy tuck and lipo together. A tummy tuck is intense. Her there's a photo of her. Her entire entire lower abdomen. There's a there's a scar across the from hip to hip and her belly button. So they basically take your belly button out. And then stitch it back in afterwards. It's pretty gruesome. And full transparency, Michaela's had breast work done. I had full liposuction done, what, a month ago now? Mm-hmm. On my entire stomach and my flanks and my back, right? And I haven't really talked about it yet. I'm waiting for the after results, and I'll do a reveal on social media. But I did it, and I was gone for a couple of days, like a month ago. And Michaela filled in uh, with a friend of ours and stopped by and, and, and filled in for us. And... It's been a journey. Um, just, I, just getting that one thing, I can't imagine all of these things stacked on top of each other. Yeah, I, I, it's a very common thing, truly. And when you do get surgery, I would go over multiple times what it is that you're comfortable with. I would record it and let your doctor know that. Well, I was thank God I was awake the entire time. Yeah, my but type I of wasn't. lipo. Yeah, I got to. I actually got to. I was on nitrous and I got to see the whole thing happen. Yeah, but I think that recommendations and tips that are useful is letting your doctor know that mm. you're going to record your conversation so that you have in detail. That's great what you're comfortable, mm-hmm. what size you want. Because I wish I would have done that. Also, taking photos of all the paperwork to make it very mm. clear. Because what happened was this woman did. Uh, was able to get her money back, but the clinic is still trying to fight it. They fought her for a long time. That this is what she asked for. And uh, I couldn't imagine having to pay all of that money for a doctor's mistake. Well, here's what I don't understand. And I'm just, because I've only ever had lipo done. That's the only thing. And it's actually, it was called air sculpt. It's like a newer version of lipo. So you're actually awake for the whole thing. But before I went in, my doctor, I was referred to him by a good friend of mine. And he marked up my whole body. So I guess what I don't understand is, because they mark you with a marker first where they're going to do the work, right? Don't they all do that? Because how on earth do you go in and do a full tummy tuck and liposuction on this woman without a single marking on her body? How do you make that mistake? Uh, That's what I don't understand. I think they knew they made the mistake pretty quickly. I just don't understand how they got to that point. I mean, but also sometimes that's not a mistake. Sometimes they think that aesthetically it's going to make sense the way that they gave me double Ds. But I'm five foot two. Who are they to decide? I'm 115 pounds. That's insane. It looked in, and, and I'll show you the photos. 
They also recommended not going underneath the muscle, which then made my breasts look not even so large, but saggy as well. It was a whole thing I had to redo. And it was just simply based off of a doctor thinking that would look better. So you just have to be, mm -hmm. I mean, and and to be fair, they probably feel very um, validated because they're the doctor. But you're like, no way, I know my body. It can happen whether you're going in for lipo or a tummy tuck or breast reduction or even something as simple as Botox. Oftentimes doctors try to tell you, oh, you need some here and here and here. Maybe get a second opinion or go to somebody you trust because not, they're looking to make money at the end of the day. They want to make money off of you. Totally. Huh. Coming up, Wendy Williams is speaking out about the news that Cherry Shepard is taking over. And you might be surprised by her answer. We've got it and what's popping. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Michaela's got the latest in pop culture for you. But first, I do want to remind you that our show is also a podcast. So you can listen to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Maybe you missed an episode. Maybe you just now stumbled across our show for the first time. Thanks for joining us. You can catch up on years of podcasts by heading over to wearechannelq.com and downloading the Odyssey app. Right now, it's time for What's Poppin'. Michaela, what do you got? All right, well, we've got information on Wendy Williams coming from herself. Uh, the news that Sherry Shepard is taking over the show, uh, which will be renamed Sherry later this year has been a a very challenging time, I think, for Wendy. Wendy's been very sick. I also, on a very personal level and as a woman, couldn't imagine being in my later 50s and sort of watching my show go to somebody else. However, it was said that um, she, more than anyone, understands that the reality of syndicated television and that you can't go to the marketplace and sell a show that's maybe Wendy Williams show. This is coming from Representative Howard Bragman in a statement to People. He said it has been a a challenging time for Wendy as she deals with her health issues. She is incredibly grateful to DeBar Mercury, to Sherry, and to everybody else who has supported the show through this time. Sounds good, right? Yes. And he finishes with, she understands why this decision was made from a business point of view and has been assured by DeMar Mercury that should her health get to a point where she can host again and should her desire be that she host again, that she'll be back on TV. So everyone was like, great, perfect. Wonderful. She's Wendy's coming happy. from a good place. Wendy, although she did post a video of her on the beach on her new ago. personal yeah. Instagram, uh, it did feel a little interesting. But now here's why. Because she took to that Instagram today and said, Mr. Bragman, although I appreciate your concerns and respect you immensely, I have not authorized you to make any statements on my behalf regarding my current status with DeBar Mercury. Again, thanks for your continuing concern and support, which is very uh, professionally saying, don't effing speak for me. Uh-huh. And I think she wasn't ready to hand over the show to Sherry. In a video that her son, Kevin, is filming for her with her on the beach just a few days ago, she felt very confident or appeared very confident that she would be returning back. And at one point, her son, Kevin, said, a lot of people are sending you prayers. They want to make sure that you're okay. And she very sarcastically answered with prayers. Okay, thank you for your prayers. Uh, but I'm a 56-year-old woman. People get sick. I'm feeling healthier than ever. I'm going back. So it feels like she's not completely on board with this. And Genuinely, I don't oof. think she's also healthier than ever either. No, I don't think so. The last couple of years, I, I've worked I worked, I've worked with her for six or seven years. And it, the last couple of years, she hasn't quite been herself. It's very hit or miss. But by the day, you don't know how she's going to be mentally and physically. Yeah. She's fantastic. I love her. I love the entire family at Deadmar Mercury. I love the entire family at Wendy Williams. Um, 
It sounds, though, that, that many of them will be sticking around for Sherry, which is fantastic because it's, it's actually a really great team. Yeah. Um, it's and just Sherry's difficult. really great, too. Sherry is really great. Like, I actually really, really, really and like gotta her. And it's going to be probably really awkward for uh-huh. her. Of course it is. Yeah. That's a weird feeling to replace somebody who's beloved like that and so iconic and to be compared, especially as two, like, to be fair, Sherry kind of looks like a younger Wendy in some ways. Large breasted, thin, very, similar. very fierce, black woman, strong, opinionated. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's some totally. similarities. Well, we'll continue keeping you posted, of course. But coming up, our political expert joins us to talk about what the new bill out of Florida means for our LGBTQ youth and their parents. Coming up in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. So there's some good news. Uh, here in Southern California, the Los Angeles area, L.A. Pride, West Hollywood Pride. Uh, it's been gone for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's coming back. It is. Uh, a mixed bag of news, depending on who you talk to, is that it's no longer going to be in West Hollywood anymore. Totally. L.A. Pride is now moving to Hollywood, apparently. Uh, and Michaela has some more details on that in News on the Beat. What do you know? All right, people. After a two-year hiatus, L.A. Pride will make the move to Hollywood in June, leaving its familiar parade route in West Hollywood. So weird. Organizers promise the storied parade will branch out in more ways than just a location shift. And this year's activities will build more experiences that represent a broader range of the LGBTQ community. Event organizers have previously been criticized for hosting a pride event that was too white, too corporate, dismissive of transgender people, and Mm -hmm. tone deaf to racial inequality. Now, the first L.A. Pride Parade in Los Angeles County set off from the corner of Hollywood Boulevard in June 1970. And organizers see the 2022 event as a return to where it all started. I'm going to give this opinion. Uh-huh. Go off. I 1,000% agree that in the past, our prides have been very white motivated. Very white cis male. And that it's <laughs> been very tone deaf. Yeah. I think it's even more tone deaf to then think that moving the parade to Hollywood, where it's tourist and homeless central, is the way to go. All you need to do... Well, there are no gay bars there either. There's no queer representation in all Hollywood. First of all, there's new bars opening up in West Hollywood, and if anyone should be getting our businesses, it's other gay businesses. Yeah, what are you going to end at California Pizza Kitchen? So what you need to do (laughs) is to make it more diverse, have more small black-owned businesses, have black representation, Mm -hmm. have indigenous representation, have Latin X representation. Like, I feel like that's such a duh thing to say. And to think that you would give the city of Hollywood the money from our LGBTQ community and not give back to an entire boulevard that almost got wiped out in yeah. the pandemic. Also, partner with trans organizations to help our trans brothers and sisters, or organizations to help lesbian couples looking to start a family. There's other ways to expand beyond like the cis, gay, a white narrative. Percent. And I think that like they're trying, to, it sounds like a publicity stunt to try to say, hey, look, look what we're doing. We're taking it back to its roots in Hollywood 50 years ago. Well, that's because 50 years ago, West Hollywood wasn't even a thing but like so but but the good news is we do know this and our program director just reminded us of this west hollywood though is doing their own thing again so it's kind of going back to what it kind of was and that could be a good thing i hope they get it right i just think that it's very important that with lance bass reopening one of the biggest bars in West Hollywood. We need to be there as a community to give my hard-earned money back into our community. We're owned and operated. Totally. Because it it. just doesn't make sense any other way. I hear you. That's where I'll be. And also, I'm not going to Hollywood. 
It's literally dangerous. Not just the homeless crisis there, the tourism of it all. I don't I mean, want to you go. You can walk up to so many homophobes. You don't know if somebody from Absolutely. Kansas is there. Not that all people from not... Kansas, but, but to be fair, Kansas, Nebraska, like the Tennessee, South, Ohio, my home state. Yes. I don't want to be exposed to that. I want to be in a place where I feel safe. Totally. So I'm happy that we're staying in West Hollywood, and uh, I hope they rethink and this. And also, before the cocktails June. are just way better in WeHo. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, can I be honest? No. Like, they're stronger. They're better. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get into weather. <laughs> 57 in LA today, 52 in Vegas, 57 in Palm Springs, 72 in Houston, a high of 57 in Cathedral City, and 61 in La Quinta. Can we have Palm Springs pride again, by the way? Oh that my God, was I fun. love Palm Springs we pride. We had the time of our lives. Palm Springs, we love you. I haven't jumped and danced like that in years. Oh my God, it was so You know, fun. I've done it twice during the pandemic, and both times it's because of you. You, well, your girlfriend. She was DJing both times. Yeah. I've been dancing two times in two years. Yeah, and it was she's Lisa, a vibe. DJ Lisa Pittman was DJing both times. We love it. <laughs> All right, give us a vibe of the day. The beautiful thing about learning is that nobody can take it away from you. Yeah. Knowledge is power, baby. All right, coming up, our political expert joins us to talk about what the new bill out of Florida means for our LGBTQ youth and their parents. Coming up in seven minutes. Good morning, B. Channel Q. We are American, and many of us might wonder, well, if we're American, why do we care so much about Russia and Ukraine right now? Mm -hmm. As the situation is changing rapidly, Russia potentially invading Ukraine even as we speak, what's going on and what is Joe Biden doing about it? Uh, Here to help break it all down for us is our political analyst, Ryan Basham. Ryan, thanks for being here. Um, First and foremost, why should Americans care? You know, um, the possibility is that this is how World War III starts. Um, You know, if we let Vladimir Putin take whatever he wants, that basically sends a signal to everybody else in the world like Vladimir Putin that that wants to do stuff like that. And then we could see other dictators, uh, you know, unilaterally annexing other territory, other countries around them, and very quickly that could become a, a world war three. And then that, you know, that changes the landscape of the whole planet that changes everything for uh, about e- uh, everyday life uh, to Americans and to people around the world. And, and not the least of which is that tons and tons of people will die. Um, so, I mean, we can just go ahead and assume that lots of people are going to die in Ukraine. Now, imagine if that happens many times over in different parts of Europe, different parts of the world, this is going to be a catastrophe for the human race. Well, Ryan, I, this is very personal for me, but I know that a lot of our listeners will understand this. My brother made the decision uh, to swear into the army yesterday. When he made this decision, he made this decision just really wanting to uh, sort of straighten his own life out. There were decisions that he made that he wanted to just really um, have rules and, and things given to him. We grew up very dysfunctional, and I, I really respected his decision on wanting to do so. And and when he texted me yesterday, he said, I swore in five minutes ago, and that was five minutes before Russia invaded Ukraine, might be going to war, just my luck. And honestly, how should people feel about their loved ones possibly headed back to war, if so? Uh, you know, um, well, first of all, uh, grateful for your your uh, brother's service to our country. Um, I think, um, look... President Biden has been really clear, perhaps too clear, that Ukraine. 
Um, that could always change, but that is what he said for a long time. Um, and I'm sorry, uh, Ryan, not- can you repeat just that one part? You dropped out for just a moment. He's been very clear that what? Oh, <laughs> he's been very clear that we won't be sending troops into the Ukraine. He's Got been it. saying that for a long time. Now, that, that could change, um, but here's the thing. Um, this conflict borders NATO countries, and if this spills over into a NATO country, then we will send troops. Mm-hmm. We already have troops that are amassing in, uh, you know, neighboring NATO countries. So, yeah, I mean, we could be in a shooting war. It's entirely possible, and it's hard to know what's going on in Putin's mind. No one knows but Putin. Um, but the the chances of this becoming an all-out war that we are sending our uh young people into uh, they're not minuscule it could happen well and also, so, and also know, i mean I, it's really in my life. you know it's interesting the sanctions that biden and their administration are putting on russia and some of the close family members of putin's inner circle is really fascinating to me they're really cutting off financial means of, of survival to them which actually hits a little bit harder than you might expect sometimes but also i know china's looking at this right now and seeing how this plays out uh because they're they're china looks at taiwan in a similar way that Russia looks at Ukraine. And if things go Putin's way in Ukraine, China could be doing the very same thing. And that's how we get closer to a, you know, to a, to a World War III situation. Um, interestingly enough, though, Donald Trump seems to be taking the side of Vladimir Putin over our own president. How does that play out in the, as we head into Republican primaries in 2022 and beyond? Yeah, it's so surreal to hear, you know, Republicans have traditionally been this um, this party that's, you know, staunchly anti-Russia. Um, and and you Trump and you Tucker Carlson and the other, you know, elected Republicans and say these things that sound awfully pro-Russia. Um, we don't know yet just how much this pro-Russian sentiment uh, permeates through the Republican base, but I think it's a real concern. I think it's a real challenge. And what petrifies me is imagine if somehow in 2022 and in 2024, pro-Russian Republicans take office, and then we start doing what Trump tried to do, but more aggressively. You know, Trump tried to back away from NATO. Trump tried to kind of leave the door open for Vladimir Putin to do whatever he wants in Ukraine. What if we were doing that aggressively now? That's a real possibility. And if we elect a Republican president, if we elect Republican members of Congress, that could be a direction we trend in. I think that they look at that kind of leadership and go, yeah, that's what I want. That's how I want this country to be led. Ugh. So not only might they let Trump or let uh, Russia do what they want, they could try and remake our country to be more like that dictatorship. Well, I know that we have talked about China and even America with Trump siding with Russia, um, but Germany unexpectedly has halted certification of the controversial Nord Stream Mm -hmm. 2 gas pipeline. Going into war, how will it collectively affect all countries? Well, and that that shutting down Nord Stream 2 uh, is a huge deal because Germany already is in the middle of an energy crisis. That's how serious this is. uh, and I think we can expect that, you know, Russia is a major exporter of oil, uh, a major exporter of natural gas. We can expect um, energy prices to go up. We can expect um, that to have knock-on effects on other things that consumers pay for. You know, the things that things need to get shipped to you on, on fossil fuels. Um, so we can expect 
probably more inflation. We can expect, um, you know, I mean, if, if things get really bad, uh, things could stop appearing on shelves. We could have, um, you know, during World War II, there, were, there was rationing. Now, that's way down the road if that were to happen. Um, but things could potentially, now I'm not trying to say this is how it's going to be, but things could get more expensive for us here at home. And you know, everywhere else in the world as well. Well, Ryan, I want to ask you, when we started the pandemic, I know people started getting very scared very easily and kind of, look myself included, freaked out out and started hoarding toilet paper. I brought you toilet paper, Michaela. Yes, uh, dry (laughs) foods. Um, With people just hearing you say it could be that, I could see people potentially already starting to storm grocery stores. I'm going to get wine and cheese. It's right now. Literally. Is that something that we should kind of prepare for legitimately? I would say don't panic. I would say, you know, um, this country has been at war before, um, and we've learned a lot from that. I would say um, things that that kind of large scale preparing for catastrophe is still a ways away. Um, if so, we don't know that it's going to be that bad. I, I, it's serious, but it's not an emergency yet. Listen, I'm going to so say this. Say, you know, keep calm. I'm just going to put this out there because this whole Trump Putin thing is so weird. What it's done to the Republican Party is weird. Who knew? That a, that an alleged Trump P Russian hooker tape could lead us to World War Three because because it kind of feels like they've got something on Trump and a lot of us believe yeah. it's the P tape and if that's really what gets us to this point where the Trump and the Republican Party actually side with Putin that's insane. You know, one more question, Ryan, before we go because I know that we want to talk to you coming up about our LGBTQ youth and their parents in regards to this new bill out of Florida, but I think what people really want to know right now is is this an opportunity for me to bring back Melania Trump? Mm, yes, yes. Look, I don't think there's ever it's ever too late to bring back Melania. Oh, wow. That's all wow. we needed to know. We'll be back with Ryan Basham on the new bill out of Florida coming up in seven minutes. <laughs> I am American, American, I love this intro music to Red, White, and Q. True story. We had Jackie Cox on my podcast, Confess Your Mess, the other day. Go listen to it wherever you get your podcast. And we told Jackie, we said, listen, your season was the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race we ever watched, my partner and I. And this is what they played at the end of it because the election was happening that year. And then we went back and watched old episodes and they don't play that at the end of every episode and it breaks our heart, but we still sing it. And now it is our intro music to Red, White, and Q. Yes. (laughs) We're joined again by our political analyst, Ryan Basham. Ryan, thanks for sticking around. Um, Yeah. Florida's wild, right? This don't say gay bill Mm -hmm. seems to get worse and worse by the day. My mom lives there part of the year. So many of her friends live there part of the year. They have no idea what's going on there. The average person doesn't pay attention to this stuff. Yet the Republican Party is going out of their way to just damage our queer youth. This this latest story that we discussed, I think yesterday on the show, Michaela, I think, was that they're now outing students to their parents within six weeks of finding out that their sexuality might be something other than cis, straight, norm, whatever. Yeah. That's damaging. How on earth is the Republican Party able to do things like this? Well, that's what happens when you vote for Republicans. Um, uh, you know, this is this is OK. I, I know people who believe that, OK, well, not all Republicans this, you know, and stuff like that. And that's technically true. But let's be clear. Republicans regularly do stuff like this because it's not just happening in Florida. Republicans regularly do stuff like this to gin up their base to get out their, get their base out to vote. And is it even if your personal Republican candidate or friend or whatever isn't you know that heinous? Do you really want to be represented by 
an, a group of people, someone who's associated with a group of people that w- are willing to hurt queer kids like this um, in order, or, or deny the Holocaust or burn books uh, that are about the Holocaust or slavery or racism. Is that who you want to, is that who you want representing you? Someone who's willing to tag up with people like that to get, mm. to get their, their stuff, their political agenda done. I, I, that's unacceptable to me. And I, and, and I, I, I don't think you get to count yourself as an ally of our community and a Republican at this point, you get to, you, you have to choose. Well, you, you only get to be one. I think what's also terrifying, Ryan, is that in passing this bill, it could lead to so many more uh, bills being passed in other states, which well, could eventually make... Tennessee, I think we said, U- is happening now, too. Yeah, but I mean, imagine the U.S. having this bill where if your child has been caught, has been um, confided in somebody that they loved mm. and the person told or their trusted. parents and now it's outed, not only could it lead to like a, a, a whole country, but also more bills that feel even more problematic could be passed because of the hope that this is. Absolutely. The direct harm is uh, hard, hard to measure. You know, I mean, even uh, this, the way this bill is written, even a student who privately confides in a, confides in a school counselor that they're, you know, struggling with their identity or unsure about their identity or certain that they're not straight or whatever or cisgender or, or, or what have you, um, that that could be mandatory reporting and and parents who discover that their schools are supporting that a school faculty member is supporting is being supportive of a child who has an identity other than what their parents identify them as can sue them for it and not not only is that kind of direct harm there but also this sends a really clear message to all queer kids you you are abnormal you are different you are not you are not the same as the rest of us and, you know, in a, in a state where, where research has found that up to 90% of LGBTQ youth feel unsafe, um, you know, it's hard to imagine how this couldn't possibly make it worse for those kids who okay. are already struggling in a state where they're discriminated against. Well, in a state where the Pulse nightclub shooting took place not that many years ago. Do you know what I mean? In a yeah. place that, that intimately knows the terror and the devastation of queer people being targeted – that's what kills me. That's what breaks my heart. And I shouldn't even say the word kill me because people have been killed over this. And here I am, you know, able to like live and breathe my, my best life. And so that's what really devastates me about this. And and for our Republican allies who might consider themselves allies to the community or even specifically to log cabin Republicans who have stood by Trump oh. and his policies for years. How on earth do you look queer children in the eyes and defend this? Like, have you had conversations with log cabin Republicans about this and what's going on in these states? Like, what on earth do they think they're doing for children? You know, these folks um, uh, have such a departure from reality, you know, that I've, I've, I've heard them say things like, well, is it really appropriate to be talking about sex in, in third grade? And, and that's not what this is about. This is what that's what, yes. that's what Make those, that they do, though. They reframe it. Yep. But that's not what it is. They're, they're trying to reframe this into something that's untoward. The whole point is when you treat someone's identity like it's in some way untoward, you invalidate them as a person. And most queer people, not all, 
But most queer people have some sense of their identity being different than heteronormative at a very early age. I was age. six. Ryan, there is no two. I six years old. I swear to God, I'm so happy that you said <laughs> yeah. that because that's what I've been met with. People that follow me will hit me with the, well, we shouldn't be talking about sexuality, period. And I, I found myself, actually, I hung out with a six-year-old this weekend, one of my friend's kids who I adore. And I said, well, how's school, honey? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? And then I said, I'm sorry, you probably don't because like you're six but I did make sure to say do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend letting him know that like we cannot as a society put on pressure that he has to choose Uh, but the way that he answered was like no neither like it wasn't like I don't have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I don't have a girlfriend. And I think that it's very important to just normalize that because, listen, at the end of the day, I was six years old kissing in the kindergarten playground. We all are. We're all curious. My my nephews have known my, just like your Natalia, your little niece, has seen you and Lisa together her entire life. My nephews have only ever seen my fiance and I together and they have no, no, cool. We got engaged last year and they're like, well, that's cool. That's it. That's all it is. There's no judgment. but here's the thing. The, the, these folks who have these arguments, they're still operating from a baseline of people t- start straight and heteronormative until change. <laughs> and they don't, they don't realize it sometimes, but that's exactly what they're thinking. That's mm-hmm. exactly where they're coming from is we don't want to expose kids to this or that because what if they become it? God. And that's not how science works. That's bigotry but they don't realize that it is, and so they hold these positions and vote accordingly. What a reality to live in. Good Lord. Well, Ryan Basham, we appreciate you having these conversations. You always make it make so much sense, and we look forward to talking with you soon. My pleasure. Have a great day. You You too, too, babe. All right, coming up, Miss Alabama's initial cause of death is revealed. It's true what Beyonce says. It pretty hurts, and we'll discuss why and what's popping. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Save your tears for another day. Want to know why? Tell me why. There's no crying in baseball. Never. What, what's that from? Anybody? Quotes? Um, there's no crying in baseball. Uh, peaches. Uh, it was a baseball team. Um, <laughs> the Rockford Peaches. Oh, what is it? <laughs> it, it literally Iconic. was Tom Hanks. Um, Rosie O'Donnell. Madonna. Right now, Madonna. Gina. Gina Davis. What is this stupid movie called? Everybody, all of our listeners in Palm Springs are Yelling screaming right now. Yelling at me right, right now. now. Peaches. A League of Their Own. A League own. of Their Own. So good. So good. So good. Absolutely. I love that movie. Random oh, little detour we took it. right there. I might watch that movie this week. Yes. It's, oh, it's time for another round of what's popping. What do you have for us? All right. Well, this story is really sad. Uh, so a police investigation into the death of Miss Alabama 2021. Zoe Sozo Bethel revealed that the beauty queen reportedly fell out of a third floor window in Miami. The Miami Police Department responded to a possible suicide attempt around midnight February 11th and later confirmed that the 27-year-old model was rushed to the hospital in critical condition by Miami, by Miami Fire Rescue. She was in a coma for over a week before she succumbed to traumatic brain injuries. Now, while she was in a coma, family members reported that Bethel had been in, involved in an unspecified accident Later, police told people that the Miami-Dade medical examiner ruled her cause of death as blunt force trauma in a tragic accident. In a statement to the Post, Bethel's family wrote that if she had a choice, she would still be here with us today. The initial police report is simply preliminary and is not conclusive and is further absent specific facts from eyewitness testimony that would alter the incident type status listed on the preliminary police report. Uh, it's interesting. I, they added that from an early age, she was taught to stand up for the truth and to never be apologetic. She was a devout believer in Jesus Christ and a strong conservative who was very patriotic. 
She loved God and her family. Uh, the suicide just feels very um, odd to her family and just something that she wouldn't do at 27 years old. Now, she had been in an accident, and there's there, there's a lot of quotations around the word questions accident. questions here, yeah. Well, my, it says Miami authorities said that she died from injuries she sustained during a suicide attempt. So still, it feels like more questions than answers on this. A thousand Another percent. like beautiful black queen who won like a crown in the last couple of years who's been taken too soon. It's just really sad. She's stunning. Yeah, she's absolutely beautiful. I mean, listen, I never want to get, to get into conspiracies or make stories too crazy. But I remember when that beauty queen, gorgeous, 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 um, has been ruled as a suicide out of... Uh, coming out of her New York City window. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, and maybe it's true, maybe it's not, questioned, uh, was she pushed? Did she um, take her own life? Then it goes to this question. Now there's a lot of questions uh, regarding this story and Zoe. And it's just interesting that two gorgeous black queens uh, would You're, be yeah. in the hands of their own life. You're talking about Chesley Christ, uh, yes. Miss USA 2019. That story was so tragic. And, and, Listen, your mind always wants to fill in the blanks when something tragic like this happens. It's hard to accept that maybe somebody did take their life. But also, we live in a country, and especially a place like Alabama, where there's a history of deep, deep, deep racism. Yeah. And lynchings and murders and things like that. And and who knows if any of that took place here or if it was a suicide attempt or not. But it's worth questioning. Well, according to this article, they're not fully thinking it was uh, suicide. Mm. And because there was an accident of blunt trauma force to the head, I'm wondering, and I don't want to make any speculations, but if she was possibly hit over the head and then Mm. pushed out the window... Uh, it's just very interesting. That happened in my building about a year, year and a half ago. Remember, I came to work one morning, and there was a there was an altercation on one of the high floors, and a man was pushed out the window and died. Yeah, I mean that that does happen. Yeah, it does. uh, So sad. Awful. All right, coming up in our final hour. Did your parents ever take your sibling's side when you fought? Find out why one parent is getting slammed by the internet. Coming up in the next hour. The morning beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. I never get tired of hearing that. That's your name, and it's my name. I never get tired of hearing (laughs) that. Coming up this hour on the morning beat before we send you off into three hours of fantastic music, uh, pop hits here on Channel Q. Uh, When siblings fight, this is interesting because you and I both have younger siblings that we, to some degree, sort of protected and shielded and help raised, who we've had uh, uh, sometimes problematic relationships with as adults. I think a lot of people can relate to that. So the question, did your parents ever take sides when you fought with your sibling? I don't know the answer. Actually, I know a lot about your relationship with your brother, but I don't know that answer. And I don't know if you know that answer about me either. And I'm kind of curious to hear how our listeners will relate to this. Because yeah. it's it's a it's a conversation that goes well into adulthood that most people never ever deal with. So we're gonna dig into it and we've got a story uh, that'll explain why we're digging into that coming up in about 13 minutes. So stick around for that. Maybe call your brother and sister, get them to listen as well so you can fight about it afterwards. That would be fun. So Michaela and I can feel yeah. more, more normal by comparison. Yeah. <laughs> right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. What's happening? All right. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton said in an opinion that providing gender-affirming medical care to minors is considered child abuse under state law. Medical care such as puberty blockers, which temporarily pause puberty, hormone therapy, and gender-affirming surgeries must be halted. 
He said in a statement, now he added that the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services has a responsibility to act accordingly. I'll do everything I can to protect against those who take advantage of and harm young Texans. He released the opinion in response to an inquiry from State Representative Matt Krause, a Republican who asked whether treatments for transgender youth could be considered child abuse. Now, in other news, Iowa and Utah have become the latest states to advance legislation restricting transgender students' participation in school sports. The Iowa House of Representatives Monday approved a bill that would bar trans girls and women from competing on female teams at K-12 schools, as well as both public and private colleges and universities. The vote was 55 to 39, with all but one Republican supporting it and all Democrats opposed. It also states that any student who has suffered harm through a violation of these regulations is grounds to sue. The Senate's vote on its version of the legislation could come this week. Its bill does not include private colleges and universities. It has already been approved by a Senate committee. In Utah, the House last week approved a bill that would set up a commission to determine trans athletes' eligibility to compete under their gender identity. It applies to public middle schools and high schools, and the commission would evaluate each athlete individually according to standards laid out in the bill. Uh, I just feel so bad for our trans kids. I, 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 in our trans community, it's between that and the don't say gay it's bill. It's just unrelenting. It's like nonstop. Well, uh, something I read too, and I wish these Republicans would hear it, Lord, is that, you know, they're so quick to judge abortions, but uh, birth control and condoms uh, go are also considered a sin. So is adultery. I mean, we're so focused on LGBTQ people, never wanting to really like focus on uh, what so many people do. I mean, are, are we mixing fabrics? Like, what's happening, sis? Like, like, listen, my dad's married four times. He's got kids all over the place. Hello. Uh, Donald Trump cheated on wife number one with wife number two and on wife number two with wife number three. I know like, that's right. When that's the, the, the standard bearer of the Republican Party, uh, a party that claims to have family values at the core of everything that they do, they're just a bunch of a-holes. Like, yeah. to be fair, like, these lawmakers are so full of hatred and just a lack of basic human decency and compassion like why attack these children left and right like they're defenseless totally it's your job to protect them totally not just the people you agree with it's your job to fight for the rights of every single one of your constituents period yeah you're right that's it all right let's get into some weather it's going to be a high of 61 in la quinta 57 in cathedral city A high of 57 in Palm Springs with light showers now. 52 in Vegas, 57 in L.A. Good news, no rain coming. And 64 in New York. Yeah, we thought we'd have a rainy weekend. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so far we're doing good. Give us a vibe of the day. The way you just bumped the little thing on your seat. Oh my God, I went rolling. She has one of those seats where we all have these seats that that can go up and down. And she hit something and all of a sudden she collapsed like a foot (laughs) and a half in like a half a second. It's adorable. (laughs) All right, here's your vibe of the day. The beautiful thing about learning is that nobody can take it away from you. Love that. Once you have that knowledge, you own it. Totally. All right, coming up in our final hour. Did your parents ever take your siblings' side when you fought? Find out why one parent is getting slammed by the internet. And if you agree, coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Did you know a recent study from Cornell University found that nearly one in 10 adults are estranged from at least one family member? And that includes a parent or a sibling. Now, I think that number is actually probably a little bit higher. Okay. And I say this because... Just in this room alone, three out of three of us have that experience. I think it's maybe a little bit more common for queer people. 
to be honest. Um, I have good friends who are getting married next month, and they were talk- we were talking about our wedding plans, and they said, listen, I- one of them's like, I'm not even inviting my own mom because it's just not okay. She doesn't act right. My own sister I'm estranged from because of her judgment and the way she sort of changed her views on me. So this one hits kind of close to home. Um, but the internet is slamming uh, this one parent for not defending a son from the younger brother's bullying. Did your parents ever take sides? I know you have a problematic sort of relationship with your parents. It's kind of been all over the place. Uh, But you and your brother grew up pretty close. You were sort of his protector in a similar way that I was to my sister. When you and your brother fought, though, did your parents take a side? Or do they try to stay out of it and let you guys deal with it? Um, well, I think I have a story that some listeners will relate to. I found that I was always standing up for my brother to my parents. Mm, same. I didn't like how they treated my brother. Mm. And I didn't care how they treated me. They weren't going to disrespect Sam. So then, as me and Sam later on in life, me and my brother really, we did not fight until he really became like a grown-up. And then it was... Um, And then we started to fight. But growing up and until he was like 19 years old, he was my baby. Like I wasn't fighting with my brother. I was like fighting the world for my brother. So I didn't really care what my parents thought. Uh, And I still really don't care what they think when it comes to my brother. However, we have now definitely had our fair share of fights. I think it's inevitable when uh, a brother and sister, you know, somebody told me a long time ago, one day your brother's going to get married and that's going to be his family. And I was like, no, I'm always going to be his family. And he's like, they said, uh, no, his like closest family will be his wife and his children. I was like, Mm -hmm. that'll never happen. And then it happened. And I was like, I'm your world. That's real. It happened with my cousins. It happened with my sister. They're all married and just pieced out. Yeah. And I was in all of their weddings and then they just, it just changes. It's interesting because as someone who's not a parent, I wonder what goes through the mind of a mother or a father when their kids are fighting. Because because according to this research I'm reading, most parents stay out of it because they think it's just natural, quote right. unquote natural for the kids to fight. And, and I think to some degree that might be true. This story, though, the younger brother, the, the older brother's gay and, and brought home his new boyfriend. The whole family's been very supportive. They're very loving. But then this younger brother started spreading rumors that the older brother used to be a woman, thinking it was funny to make a transphobic joke. And that's what sort of divided. And then this, then this, the older brother's saying, my parents have stayed out of it. They've not intervened. And that really upsets him. He's like, okay, that's crossing the line. You're the parents. You should do something. Is it actually their job? Once you become adults to actually step in, I've run into that often with my my own mother. My sister and I used to be the closest thing in the entire world. I protected her all of the time. I remember she got caught shoplifting years ago, and my mom called me to tell me about it. And she was so upset with her. She stole some like lip gloss or something at like Walmart, like many years ago. And I had been caught shoplifting way before that, but never told my parents. And my first instinct was to tell my mom that I'd also done it to take the heat off my sister. Those are just sort of the things I always did for my baby sister. I didn't want her to ever get into real trouble. Now as an adult, I kind of wish I let her get in more trouble because (laughs) she's not returned the favor. Right. But oftentimes, some of my issues have been that I think that my mom should take my side more publicly and more vocally. Like my sister sort of judges my sexuality. She's not coming to the wedding. And part of me wants my mom to be like, uh, tell her she's a bitch and she's wrong. Say it to her. And mom's like, well, she knows where I stand. I'm like, does she? Say it to her. But also, 
I can't imagine what that would be like to be a parent. I mean, I, I have no idea. And I think that we should actually have a parent call in and discuss how they are able to deal with their adult children when it comes to it. I will say my therapist said a couple of weeks ago that a parent's job is the most thankless, mm. never-ending right. job, even when they're grown-ups. Uh-huh. Yes, still have to be the parent. The job never, ever, ever ends. And so I think that the kind of parent that I would like to be in regards to this story is that Ben, who came out as bisexual, the older brother, started dating a trans woman. His younger brother, James, started the rumor that she used to be a man. And then the parents said, okay, well, even though James said something wrong, Ben is handling it very poorly in regards to his younger brother. And I think that's extremely problematic. You don't out somebody's partner. You Mm. don't call them that they used to be a man. I think it's just respect. And I think that more adults need to be called out by their parents instead of this very laxed approach of like, well, they're 30 now. Well, you can still be an a-hole. Yeah. That's it's very true. I think a lot of times parents just don't even know what to say, so they just stay out of it. Especially a story like this, it feels kind of complicated. Totally. And, and they might not have the right words. Uh, and also, we have to remind ourselves, I'm 41 years old, and in many ways, I have a lot more life experience than my mom has ever had, right? In some ways. In some ways, she knows a lot of things that I do not know. However, I feel like I still look to her for like 95% of my answers in life sometimes, even though I know that she might not have them for me. And why would she? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes putting that extra pressure on your parents isn't fair either but every now and then there are some pretty cut and dry things that they should respond to when when somebody's crossed the line i think you're it's okay to call that out i think it's okay to call the sibling like hey that was wrong you should apologize yeah say you're sorry yep all right coming up find out how one woman's bumper sticker saved another woman's life coming up at the end of this hour it's something that you may add to your car coming up This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 